Hello and welcome to Lime Ninja Radio. This is episode number 28. I'm your host, McKay Rippey, and along with me is Aurora. Hi, everybody. Sorry we missed you last week. I got overwhelmed producing Yoga Fest 2015 here in central New York, and it was a smash success, I have to say. We had 100 people at Hamilton College in the events barn, uh, really got a lot out of yoga and bringing together their minds and their bodies. And it's always nice to see something that you've made in the newspaper, right? Yes, we did. Another <laughs> pat on myself on the back. I should pat myself on the back end. We got uh, a mention in the first section of the local newspaper, the Observer Dispatch. Woohoo! Yeah, and so maybe we'll link to that in the show notes too, um, although it's not directly related to to this interview that we're doing today. And this interview is a little bit interesting because I made this phone call just to do a little background research on bee therapy, bee venom therapy. And before I knew it, I was doing a full-fledged interview. So Aurora did a yeoman's work clearing out all the music and thumping in the background that was there in the beginning. So thanks, Aurora. No problem. It was it was mostly me making all the noise, well, me and my sisters, I should say. So really... Had to clean up after myself. It's always a good thing. On a farm, you always want somebody to clean up after themselves. <laughs> Speaking of that, any farm stories this week? No, other than my other than grandpa was away in Sarasota for Sarasota, Florida, I should say, for the weekend. Yes, he seems to leave at the best times of the year. So he's in Sarasota, Florida, and we're up here, and it's negative 15. Yeah, and I've checked, and down in Sarasota, it's like 70 degrees, 60 degrees. So we'll, we'll only hold it against him a little bit when we go over for soup and uh, dinner this evening over at his house house we're gonna make them put extra logs on the fire exactly all right let's talk about deb elder okay deb elder or dive girl deb is a lyme activist in oregon and after being misdiagnosed and suffering for over 20 years deb was told by the hospital system that her health plan covers that their infectious disease doctors do not treat lyme disease period Deb has been active in Eugene and throughout the state of Oregon, putting on events to bring greater awareness to Lyme disease. She became interested in bee venom therapy or apitherapy after learning about its many benefits and started practicing on herself with great results. Bee venom has been used for 6,000 years to treat many conditions and can kill one 1,200 infectious agents, including parasites, bacteria, and viruses. The other cool thing about bee venom, especially for Lyme patients, is it pokes holes in biofilms, which can give antibiotics, herbs, or your own immune system access to the bacteria. Deb promotes apotherapy as a cheap and effective therapy for Lyme disease by itself or in conjunction with other therapies. She shares her experience with bee venom therapy on the Facebook page, Apotherapy to Treat Lyme and Co-Infections, Eugene, or Oregon, where she answers questions, posts bee articles, shares videos of her bees, and pictures of her treatments. Alrighty. And I would just also want to kind of say this is a meta conversation for Lime Ninja Radio in general is that we bring you information about all kinds of interesting different treatments. We're not necessarily uh, putting our stamp of approval on the different treatments, but we want you to know what's out there because not everything works for everybody, A, 
And then there are different strokes for different folks. So we there's a big wide world out there on alternative treatment. And just to think that antibiotics is the only treatment for Lyme disease, I think is a little narrow-minded. So we're out here to bring you all kinds of interesting people. And Deb Elder definitely qualifies as an interesting person. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, here we go. Here's our interview with Deb Elder. Hi, it's McKay Rippey. Hi, how are you today? Wonderful. Good. It's chilly in this part of the world. <clears throat> well, you know, we had all this cold bit here, and we sent it uh, eastward, so it's yours now. <laughs> where, where it belongs, right? <laughs> well, you know, we get these cold fronts that come through every once in a while, and this last one was a real doozy. That's what I hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, down in Catalina, they had... Um, a couple, the harbor master and another person got killed because the winds were so crazy that it pushed boats up in oh, in no. the places that they hadn't seen before. Oh no! Yep. So yeah, it's been interesting weather-wise. Always is. Always is. So, tell me about your radio show. <laughs> it's a podcast. <laughs> nice. And. We've been going on about half a year now. I've got 26 episodes down. And I thought, I can't even pronounce it, bee venom therapy would be a, a great topic. You know, it's um, it's the more I research it, the more I'm excited about it as a therapy to treat infections. It's been around forever. Yeah, it's been around for about 6,000 years. It was uh, originally... Um, created and used primarily in the Asian communities. Huh. And um, so it's absolutely been around for a very long time. I think it was in the early 1920s that America kind of dropped the ball and didn't keep up the, the treatment. Yeah. A lot of things kind of came in, in and out of fashion, medicine-wise. I think what happened is, you know, pharmaceutical world started to happen and that grew and then profitability happened. And then, you know, doctors learn, oh, well, we give people a script for things and and we can hide their symptoms or maybe heal them. And um, and then a lot of these old time treatments fell by the wayside. Yep, absolutely. Um, But what's going on with the bee venom community is that it's, it's really fast growing because all the pharmaceutical industry is really just hiding symptoms. They're they're not treating the causation of our illnesses anymore. Yep, they've kind of hit a bit of a brick wall, haven't they? They have, and they're so bound up in themselves politically right now that I, I think that they're having a tough go in a lot of people's minds. Yep. I and, um, you know, with the new Affordable Care Act and bringing naturopathic medicine to the forefront, I think is where a lot of people are wanting to go. Um, and I, I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that. That's great. So, you, well, before you, who who should – the physician you were talking about, Dr. Dan – well, I was talking to a friend of mine, Dan, that uh, lives up in Washington, and he's um, been sick for a long time with Lyme and is in treatment, and um, he's doing, he's using Rife and some other things on himself right now, but uh-huh. he and I were talking on the phone earlier um, when you were trying to get a hold of me. 
But there's there is a doctor down in um, Salem, Oregon, Dr. Chris Clermonimos, who does uh, bee venom therapy, and he has been featured on the TV series The Doctors. Uh-huh. And he's got several YouTube videos showing people how to do bee venom therapy, and talks about their benefits. And I've talked to him on several occasions, and you know, I kind of, and then I have a friend of mine that lives down in Sacramento that's got Lyme disease and has also been researching Lyme and she said that you really need to look at bee venom because it's not just a treatment of your symptoms it's going in and killing all those pathogens you know the viruses the bacteria the uh, parasites and you know parasites can be everything from molds to actual insects yeah and um, and and bee venom kills all of those pathogens well, if you look at that, that's about 1,200 different critters that are inside your body that we really don't need. And um, so it, it's highly effective in that it goes after all of those agents. The thing I really love about it with bee venom, with uh, Lyme, is that the venom will go in and it actually pokes holes in the biofilm. Now, we all know biofilms are part of what constitutes chronic Lyme. And um, by poking holes in the biofilm, it allows our immune system to go in there and to kill the bacteria because finally it can recognize it. But it also allows any antibiotics or herbs or essential oils that you're taking to permeate in and to work as well. And, um, and to me, even if I got none of the other benefits from bee venom, that's one of the most pivotal wins for me. Yeah, the, my- yeah, the biofilm is a critical aspect. Got to Got to break Absolutely. it down. You got to break it down. You got to get it to collapse. So you can get in there and get access to this junk. Yeah. Um, it, it also, it will depend on where you place the stings on the body. Um, we, we tend to try to place them on problematic areas using the acupuncture meridian lines. Um, I've also gotten some really good relief by stinging in in known nerve areas. Uh-huh. Um, I, the, the benefits of even on the nerve is really fascinating because I think of it as like the venom is kind of a solvent that, that permeates the nerves and it rushes through there like it's the super highway. I kind of, I have my own little analogies for this and none of this is um, medically sound, but it's fun to think about. But number one, if you're feeling any pain from the bee sting, it's because it's all the bugs screaming as they die. <laughs> and the venom gets into your neuro pathways, and it's kind of like a California driver that's all of a sudden on the freeway and there's no cars. <laughs> they can just drive as fast as they want and get there right away. Cool. Um, yeah, the, so the venom gets in the nerves and it, and it kills all the pathogens that are in your nerves, which we know is, is a lot of viruses, including like the herpes virus that is so hard to treat. Yep, and it, it rebuilds that myelin sheath around the nerves, um, so it has reparative qualities. It'll dissolve scar tissue. It'll help to rebuild collagen in your joints. So if you have arthritis and rheumatism, uh, you can sting those joints that are giving you problems, and it'll help to rebuild those areas. Um, and a and a benefit I noticed in the first month of doing bee venom is that. I, my hormones are balanced. Um, 
I've really gotten the Lyme rage under control. I'm a much kinder, nicer person to be around these days, which I appreciate as well as everybody else. Um, I don't, my thyroid is functioning better. And, and I'm just in the first couple, three months of treatment. So it, the, the benefits take a little while, like anything, to build up and, and get you the full effects. But, you know, it's, it's just, it's an amazing treatment. Um, I think that, you know, most anybody who is sick with any kind of an infectious agent needs to very seriously consider bee venom therapy. So are, are you doing bee venom alone or are you doing other adjunct therapies as well? I'm doing other therapies as well. Um, I'm, I'm like a lot of patients where I'm on disability and I was fortunate to get mine approved. Well, I know a lot of people are struggling and they don't have theirs approved yet. Yep. And you know, we're, we're very sick. We're, we barely get off the couch. Um, we can't hardly prepare a meal for ourselves. And the very least thing we can do is to fight with an insurance carrier because we can't get things managed um, to try to get doctors convinced that we're sick. And we don't have a lot of money to waste on treatment protocols. And, right. and I've, been, I've tried a lot of different things. Um, but currently what I'm doing, I have Babesia also, and I've talked to my doctor and I said, you know, I really want to hammer the Babesia to try to peel back those layers of the onion. And so I am on antibiotics. Um, Uh I am on, um, some enzymes and, and other supplements. I I take a lot of vitamin C and vitamin D and and other Mm -hmm. supplements. Um, and I'm doing essential oils and herbs. Um, and I think that those three things for me are, are giving me really great results. And do you cycle through these or how do you take? I kind of think that the one thing that probably is going to change for me out of those three is going to be the antibiotic. Um, uh-huh. but the, you know, the antibiotic works with the bee venom because once again, by poking holes in the biofilm, it allows the antibiotic to have access. Yeah, absolutely, right. And so they do work together. Um, mm-hmm. Eventually, I won't need antibiotics at all once I get on top of my infections and get get down to the point where, you know, I'm a little more functional. Um, uh-huh. For now, that's that's what I'm doing. Demesia, is, is most everybody knows, is a really tough one to, to try to hammer out. But it's um, – and everybody's going to be different about how they want to approach things. I, I do think that herbals – um, are essential when it comes to things like chronic fatigue and your virus uh-huh. loads. I think, you know, viruses respond really well to herbs. Um, essential oils are, in my mind, paramount in that because they're so concentrated and, and there's so much good that they do for the body. And they do work with, um, in conjunction with the bee venom. That's for sure. So, the the Yeah, and they, they in and of themselves can break down biofilms. That's correct, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and they're and they're they have some cyst busting um, effects as well. So. Yeah. But the bee venom is just fascinating to me. Um, I don't know if you talked to a lady named Ellie Lobel. She's down in um, Arizona. She went on a walk with her family a number of years ago, and she was really critically sick with Lyme. She really thought she was more dead than alive, and ended up. Um, on their short walk, they came across um, a colony of, of ground-dwelling bees. 
mm-hmm. flew out of the ground and stung her several hundred times. Oh, my goodness. Right. And so she thought, well, I'm so sick that there's no way I'm going to sustain this and survive. And she told her family, she said, you know, I'm kind of done with this fight. I just please take me home and let me die. And wow. they didn't like that answer that they were. <laughs> and uh, they respect her and they took her home. And yeah. instead of dying, she she recovered from those things. And then she noticed afterwards that she started feeling better lime wise. Yeah. And um, it got her focused on um, bee venom therapy, and she started researching it and looking at it. And she's one of my mentors and is helping me now um, on my apotherapy to treat Lyme and co-infections group. You know, it's it's just amazing the people that you talk to that are doing this that are getting better. Um, there are published medical reports that talk about bee venom therapy curing HIV AIDS in patients. And... Um, that, that's a big mouthful for anybody to think about on curing AIDS, but there, um, these are medical reports that are published that show this. And we're seeing the same thing in the Lyme community, that there's some new reports that are coming out that show how highly effective this is for treating Lyme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you raise bees as well? Um, I do have a beehive that I bought last year. Um, ah, good for you. Yes. And um, I I went to Philadelphia to the May Day protest this fall. And before I left, I winterized my bees. And apparently they didn't like it, so they left. And uh, <laughs> well, I will I will be buying them. Next time, put in a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I will be buying some, another... Uh, a colony of bees to get reestablished. Um, I have a, an idea of a program that I want to pull together to where we could set up a beehive in every Lyme disease patient's house where they yeah. can just go to their hive and pull bees out and use them for therapy at home. Now, there's, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a, an exception to that in that the bee venom uh, gets highly concentrated in the winter months. And so even if you have your own beehive, most people in the United States are going to get cold enough in the winter that they can't use their own bees in the winter. And during that time, you really want to order bees from a southern supplier. Uh, Like I get my bees out of California and Uh, where it's warmer and the venom is more stable inside the bees. um, Because you don't want to, you want to have a more stable treatment plan. Um, right, so you don't you don't want the venom levels going way high and way low. And, yes, exactly. Okay, you want them to be consistent for your treatment. Um, if it, if they get really strong, and you're going to have a big Herx reaction, and we're trying to avoid that and kind of walk that fine line between being aggressive in treatment and preventing Herx to the point where we still have some quality of life and we don't blow out our organs. Yeah, um, yeah some people wear the Herxheimer reaction as a badge of honor, but you're, it's just damage being done to the body. It's not necessarily a great thing. It's kind of, and it's an encouraging thing, but you don't want it. You don't want it too strong. I agree. I think, you know, a Herx reaction is good in the sense that you're hitting the system and you're, Mm -hmm. you're making inroads on it and you're, whatever you're doing is, is effective in killing the little boogers. And right. so I'm, I'm a, I'm a proponent of that, 
Um, right. At the same time, we do have to live in our bodies as a vessel, and we have to have a liver and a kidney to function and a spleen, and we have to manage those organs and take care of them in a responsible fashion. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah. so I, I think, you know, having the balance there to where we are treating somewhat aggressively, but enough that it's not harming our body is, is what we want to achieve. Mm-hmm. So to get started in bee venom therapy, um, I encourage everybody to read the protocol on my group page. Um, it's critically important that every single patient go to their primary care provider or their LLMD advise them that they want to consider bee venom therapy, make sure that but, make sure that they're medically screened for it. Um, aren't most doctors just going to say you're nuts? You know, um, my doctor kind of looked at me and wrinkled her eyebrows and, and I said, well, this is just what I'm going to go do. And I'm not asking your, <laughs> I'm not asking your permission. Um, uh-huh. I notify you knew that this is my intention and you're welcome to put it in the chart notes. Um, and I, and I'm not asking for your help, so this is not going to put their medical license in jeopardy. Um, but mm-hmm. I do need an EpiPen and an EpiPen right. is required for anybody who wants to consider this. It's used in case of an anaphylactic shock and right. everybody needs to have their own pen that's available. It's right there next to them on every sting session so that if they have a problem, which majority of people don't, um, but if they have a problem, they can treat themselves and buy themselves time in order to get to the hospital and overcome the shock. Um, so we try to be very safe in that essence and uh, make sure that everybody does have an EpiPen. Yes, that's just common sense. Exactly, exactly. In my opinion. And I, I personally won't help or work with somebody who has not done that much um, because it just doesn't make good sense to do this halfway. And um, it, it, it would just be dangerous for somebody to consider it. So now a lot of people think that they have a allergic response to bees. And so they're like, well, I can't do it because I'm allergic to bees. Uh-huh. Out of every thousand patients, only two of them are truly allergic to bees. And what happens is um, when we get stung, we have what's called a histamine response, which yeah. where the body response to it and it's like oh my gosh there's a foreign invader here and so we're going to swell up and we're going to create heat and we're going to itch later and um that's not a shock anaphylactic response and actually we like that histamine response that that's part of the that's part of the healing of the bee venom correct that's exactly right and the histamine actually flows through the veins of the body and it helps to balance out your cortisol and your hormones, and it helps to um, alleviate some of that spasm that happens inside the blood vessel. And in fact, most patients, part of the reason that we're kind of lethargic in that is because our blood vessels are relaxed and we don't have enough histamine in them. And so... Okay. And that's where all the low blood pressure comes from? It is. It's part of some of the pots that a lot of patients see. And um, mm. and so to get a histamine response in the body kind of jars it awake again and reboots the system to some extent and gets it to uh-huh. TV to rebalance. Interesting. Right. So, but if we talk about anaphylactic shock, that comes on as a symptom of your throat closing and an inability to breathe. That is, right. That's the only true allergic response 
in a bee sting. Um, that histamine response is not an allergic response. And once people but, it's, but that still can be pretty intense, though, can it? Well, it you know, a lot of us... It's like a niacin flush or something? It's a little bit of that, but a lot of us think about a bee sting, and we remember when we were six or ten and we got stung, and, you know, everybody made a big deal about it. And so we have this, like, knee-jerk reaction of, I'm scared of that, and I've, and I've tried my whole life to avoid such things. And, uh-huh. and there's a mental barrier in getting over that. Um, yeah. But let me say that, you know, after you've done about 10 stings, that histamine response is reduced. And I, huh. I post pictures of myself when I do a sting like right away and then about six hours later and the next day. And right now um, I'm up to about 50 stings total that I've done. And um, when I do a sting within 24 hours, 90% of my histamine response is, is uh, resolved. So the more you and how the more you do this, the less response your body's going to have. So you can. And how how often do you how often do you do this? Um, I do three sting sessions a week. So okay. you do you want to take a day off in between to let the body kind of calm down and to readjust to rebalance itself. But I do sure. I do three st- sting sessions a week. Eventually, I'm going to build up to where I'm doing 20 stings per session. And um, I have detox problems, and I have the MTHFR gene, and yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm one of the Vikings that doesn't detox properly. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, Is that really a Viking trait? I didn't know that. It is. It's true. It's an old genetic trait from people that came from the Vikings. So, yeah. so that's why they're grumpy. They're hungover all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, goodness! Um, yeah, it's um, so I know that I don't detox well, so I'm I'm building up my sting sessions really slowly, and um, I'm up to mm-hmm. six stings per session right now. And I kind of, you know, typically if you don't have the gene defect or detox problems, which I think most Lyme patients do, but if you don't mm-hmm. have that, then you can add one sting more per session. So if on Monday you did six things, then on Wednesday you would do seven and on Friday you would do eight um, until you right. got up to the full 20. Now, okay. once you get up to the full 20, you want to sustain that for about 20 months. And if you do that, um, there are a number of people that I've talked to in medical accounts that claim that you can be cured of Lyme after that period of time. Um, And there's not many people out there talking about a true cure for Lyme, but bee venom is really the only thing I've read or learned about that is offering that. Um, But it is something that you need to stick with and you need to keep doing because you get this kind of synergetic approach where your body's going to build up more and more resources to fight these bugs over time. Yeah. Now, one of the things that you want to do is to go and treat different parts of the body. Um, we usually start on the back because the back huh. is kind of a large playing field, so to speak. Yeah. And um, and the back has the least number of nerve endings in terms of feeling pain. And so, yes. um, but the and the great thing about the back is that it, it's a super highway for nerves. So that if you sting between the vertebrae, it's about one inch on each side of the spine 
then you can hit those nerve areas and it'll carry the venom into other parts of the body for you. So we kind of start at the back and work up to the base of the neck and then down towards the lumbar region and uh, treat all those areas. And, and then you can start after that working on some of your other extremities. And then, how, but how exactly does it work? Do you have the bee in a jar? Do you hold the bee with tweezers? Yeah, I've got several videos on my group wall that we talk about this and I show it. Um, first off, you know, I, right now I'm buying bees online and, and they come and I keep them in a mason jar in the house and it has okay. a screen top on it. We have. What do you feed them? Um, they eat honey. <laughs> <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> I got you on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the bees, uh, you might give them sugar, water, or fruit or something. They do. They need to eat. They don't eat a lot yeah. while they're in captivity, so to speak. Um, but they're not flying around. Yeah, right? they're not flying around. And, um, you know, um, so I, they come with a, a sugar food additive that's in, it's in a solid form that's in their packing container. And I usually leave that, let them go munch on that. Um, I do put, you know, you wash your hands so your fingers are clean and then, and then take some water droplets and add that to the top of the screen and they'll come up and they'll drink that. I put that on there every day for them. And once that white sugar shipping uh, food is gone, then I'll take, you know, fresh organic honey that I get locally and I'll put a little mm-hmm. bit of that on top of the screen and they'll come up and, and eat on that too. Um, so it's really pretty easy that way. You put a little slit in the screen. We have some um, like six-inch what are called reverse tweezers where uh-huh. you squeeze, when you squeeze them together, the tongs open up, and then you release they open they up, close. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. we kind of bend those and adjust them to where they they grasp the bee, but they don't crush it. And you can reach through a little slit in the, in the screen and, and pull a bee out. You can also grab them by their back wings by your hands if you have a different kind of container and, and, a, and then you just kind of take their thoracic region and the, the back part of them and once it touches the skin their stinger fires off automatically. I mean it huh. it takes less than a second to get it to actually sting. And they only sting once, right? They do. They only, have, they only have one venom sac and the venom sac yeah. um, is stays attached to your skin when you pull the bee away and that has its own muscle groups and nerves in it. And that venom sac will continue to pump like a beating heart uh, for about 15 minutes after it's detached from the bee. And, wow. and we leave that in place for that 15 minute period so that we can extract all the venom. And then you go and you um, remove that stinger after the uh, treatment period. And then the bees, we try to euthanize them at that point just because they're, they're pretty much done. But there are some people that, a few people are concerned about the welfare of the bees. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I understand that and, and I very much appreciate that. But bees in nature only live about four to six weeks. They, they don't live a very long time. And the bees that we're using are raised by farms who do this for medical purposes and mm-hmm. and they have colonies and, the, and they, they manage the colonies and they take care of the queen and they make sure that everybody's cared for and they package up her daughters and ship them out to us through the mail. Um, mm-hmm. It runs about $9 to order 40 bees and have them 
mailed to your house. And well, that's really inexpensive. That is very treat, cheap treatment. And yeah. even once you work up to 20 things a session, you know, you're talking less than $20 a week for some highly effective treatment. Yeah. So that's incredible. It, it is incredible. And I, and I'm very fascinated by it. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, a better scenario obviously would be that for patients to have a beehive, you know, at home, and then their hive will produce uh, plenty of bees for them to be able to have a unlimited supply and not have to manage the yeah. sale. But not everybody can do that or not everybody's yeah. able to do it. So ordering them through the mail is a really easy way to do it. Yeah, and really cost-effective, too. Absolutely. It's a Sounds to me like a hive could even be like a, a community project um, because it is. There's a whole nother level of care because we're we're trying to get one started on our farm here, and so far we've just built it. We <laughs> haven't put any bees in it yet. <laughs> well, you can. Um, the, the the neat thing is is that if a patient wants to try this and they don't want to order bees online, um, then they can always get a hold of their local beekeepers association or there's groups all over the nation. And, they are. They're everywhere. Yeah, and um, they, most of the beekeepers will sell you bees or even give you bees locally, and so you don't need to um, order them through the mail. Um, huh. and, and that's a really great partnership. The other thing is, is that a lot of these beekeepers are willing to set a hive up at your house, and they will do all the maintenance as long as you hmm. share honey with them. Right. They're interested in the honey. Yeah, exactly. And, and a lot of them will at very low cost or any cost to the patient will just, you know, help set up a hive for you and they'll come around and they'll manage it. Maybe you need to go out and feed them sugar water um, and, and call the beekeeper when there's a problem or something. Right. Um, but otherwise then a patient's got a treatment means in their backyard and they might get some honey out of it, which honey also will poke holes in biofilms and, um, and honey's, phenomenal for wound care. I mean, if you have any kind of lesions or injuries, uh, topically applied honey will promote healing faster than just about any other agent. And and what, so what's the difference between honey and royal jelly? Royal jelly is a combination of honey and bee pollen. Um, okay. So they're, I, I personally eat fresh honey every morning and I eat royal jelly both. Um, and I've also used what's called bee bread, which is kind of a combination of all of those. So um, there, are, there are a number of really great hive products that are out there that are good for the body. Um, propolis, which is in bee bread, is ex- excellent too. Um, and, you know, the other thing that we should talk about um, with bee venom is pain. And uh-huh. I know pain pretty well. I've, I've had fibromyalgia for more than 30 years. And I was on methadone for 12 of that, trying to manage pain. And wow. I can tell you that um, the bee venom has been very, very effective in eliminating a lot of my body pains. Um, it's, it's exceptional in that it, it, you know, it, it just it heals the nerves and it kills all these pathogens. And so your body can kind of go, Oh, now I can breathe again. So there's this sense of relief that the body has that it doesn't have to like stand up and fight the whole time. Incredible. Um, If people want to learn more about apotherapy, there is a great um, 
organization called the American Apotherapy Society. And there's a, you can go, you can Google them online. They have some resources that will give people information about what apotherapy is and all the conditions that it treats and members in their area and um, all sorts of information. It's a, it's a good resource for people to consider going there and learning more. And what's, what's the name of your uh, Facebook page again? Um, I have a couple of them, but the one that, that we address this is Apotherapy to Treat Lyme and Co-Infections, Eugene, Oregon. And, um, and Apotherapy is API therapy, right? Correct. Okay. It's a small group. I, I don't promote it largely. Um, just about 300 people on there right now. Um, we have the protocol on there, and we have discussions about treating Lyme with apotherapy. I post pictures on there showing me and my treatment um, progress. I've got videos on there that I've created that show how to do it. Um, we, all, we also need to talk a lot about detoxing, and detoxing is really important um, and taking large quantities of vitamin C while you're doing bee venom is essential. Uh-huh. I'm personally taking about 15,000 units a day of vitamin C, and um, I take it in tablet probably four times a day, and then I drink it in a powdered form in my uh, detox water all day long. So, you know, vitamin C is water-soluble. You really can't take too much of it in your body. Yeah. Your body doesn't hold on to it um, right. while you need to take it frequently through the day. Um, but it, yeah. it, it's very important in your detox protocol, and it's extremely important in bee venom therapy. Hmm. Yep, C is one of those kind of old-fashioned, invisible cures, but it's so, so very important. It is. It really is. Yeah. And um, we also need to make sure, you know, we're doing the other detox uh, protocols, like taking Epsom salt baths, uh, maybe mm-hmm. drinking apple cider vinegar with lots of water, and... Um, those are things that we probably should be doing anyway. <laughs> do you do any saunas or sweats or anything like that? Um, I have a, a hot tub here at the house, and I, I keep it about 105 degrees, and I will go out and sit in that. Usually I'm having coffee every morning in it, and, and, and I'm probably <laughs> in it before I go to bed. Um, and if I have any level of energy and I go out and do something, I'm sore that I'm in it. So Yeah. Um, I do recommend um, hot baths. I think that they're good for us. I know a lot of people hurts afterwards, and they can avoid them, but I, I personally like them. Yeah, they can um, be really helpful. Yeah, and some people, some people, when they you know they deal with bee venom, they they're in terms of like aftercare, um, they will do cold packs on the area to try to deal with some of the the heat and the itching, and you can do topical creams yeah. and that, but. Personally, I, I I just kind of tolerate it. Yeah, just ice it down a little bit, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Deb, you've been more generous with your time. I had no idea we'd get so deep into it. I thought we were just going to chat a little bit, but <laughs> this turned out. Good thing I hit the record button. <laughs> well, I, I you know I love helping people and sharing what I'm learning and what's working for me, and um, I think this is a phenomenal form of treatment and. I have a bee venom challenge. I think that if everybody who is sick does bee venom for all of 2015, at the end of yeah. at the end of the year, 
we're going to have a community of healthier Lyme disease activists, and we're going to get some stuff done in this nation. All right. So I love it. Join us in the join us in the bee venom challenge. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, you're amazing. You're incredible. Well, thank you, honey. I I'm just doing what I know to do, and um, if I can help somebody else, that just makes my life joyous. I have a lot of fun in what I do, and I meet some of the most phenomenal people in the Lyme community, and we're all in this together, and we're here to help each other. Isn't that the truth? Yes. Well said. Yes. All right. Thanks. Have a great evening. You too. And and uh, I'm, I'll be in touch. So it just goes to show if it's if something's weird and it works, it's not weird anymore. <laughs> okay, so weird plus working equals not so weird. Not so weird. They cancel no. each other out. Pretty much, pretty much. Well, I was like, eh, bee venom therapy, but and but after you know listening to her and listening to how practical and commonsensical she was about practicing the therapy, it really. Uh, points in her favor and for in, fa- in favor for the therapy that she approaches it in such a common sense fashion. Right. Well, beet therapy can kill you. So having an EpiPen around is, is more than just common sense. It's, it's a requirement. Right. All right. Thanks for listening. If you have feedback for us, send us an email. Feedback at LimeNinjaRadio.com. Please also like us on Facebook. We're up to 741 likes, heading to that 1,000 mark. Woohoo! <laughs> and visit our website Lime. for links and show notes. LimeNinjaRadio.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes. And Stitcher. And check back with us next week for an interview with Dr. Teresa Dale. And we have a great discussion about homeopathy and epigenetics. Epigenetics is essentially the study of how genes respond to the environment and adjust to it. Essentially, the genes turn themselves on and off in response to different stressors in the environment. It's a fascinating discussion. You'll want to hear that next week. And last, Aurora, what's the Lime Ninja fact of the day? Did you know the Ninja periodic table has only one element, the element of surprise? Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.